Hey there, and welcome to the Introverted Entrepreneur Podcast. My name is Denise Lee, and I'm a life coach specializing in trauma and addictions. And today I want to talk with you about this idea of inner courage, resilience, and power. We all have heard of those words, but do we really understand what that looks like? And more importantly, how to apply these virtues into our life. And if I was to be totally honest with you, I didn't really understand it, but I am going to demystify it for you so that you can be able to understand your own power, your own potential, and how you can prosper in all areas of your life. So if you're interested in learning what inner courage, resilience, and power looks like, stay tuned. After this short break, we will dive straight into it. Hey, 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 and we're back. I am so glad that you are choosing to spend your time with me. If this is your very first time listening, make sure to hit that subscribe, follow button. So as soon as I drop a new episode, you'll be able to listen to it lickety split. And those of you guys, my homies who have been with me ride or die for multiple episodes, thank you so much for your continued support. Be sure to share this podcast with someone else. That way we can be able to spread the message far and wide. Be sure to write a review wherever listening. I know I have a huge audience starting to grow on Audible. That's really exciting. So wherever you're listening, Audible, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever, I would greatly appreciate a review. That way we can amplify this message. Also, if you're interested in connecting with me via voicemail, check out anchor.fm slash Denise Lee. There you'll be able to send me a voicemail message. And those of you guys who are, I don't want to send a voicemail message, you also have the option of connecting with me at info.deniseglee.com slash connect. There you'll be able to learn more about my story, find out what's going on in my world, learn why am I a life coach specializing in trauma addictions? Like, that's an interesting question. Like, why would you be the specializing that great you asked that's all explained in my about page you can also be able to access other podcast episodes or whatever that's fancying you that's going on in my world and also obviously you can learn more about what I have offering to help support and motivate you in wherever you are in business or in life. What I'm going to be talking about can be found in more detail in my course Amazing Attitude. Amazing Attitude is a 21-day program where I do a deep dive into who you are and what you want via 21 days of audio messages as well as journaling prompts so that you can go more in depth than just podcasts alone and so that you can be able to understand who you are, your own inner strength, your courage, your wisdom, your power, your potential so that you can live a happy and fulfilled life. So let's get into today's episode and you know you know, as I think about what I want to tell you, I, there's a part of me that's thinking, oh no, let's not share. Why do we have to talk about me and my story and like all the crap that I've gone through? And the reality of it is the reason why a lot of us are stuck is because we don't hear people share. We don't hear people honestly and sincerely work through their issues so that they don't have to repeat the same mistake. You know, you know, truth be told, I used to talk, 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 but I never grew. I never matured. I never learned. It was almost as if I was constantly doing verbal diarrhea to anyone who would tolerate me splattering my bursts of emotions onto them. And when I'm talking to you about these issues about inner strength, 
It's not coming from this attitude of, oh, woe is me. Look how screwed up I was. But, you know, now I'm perfect. And if you just do it my way, you're going to get it completely well. That's not what the whole purpose of this conversation is. The whole purpose of the conversation is for you to ask yourself the questions that pertain to you and your life. The things that I am going to be sharing with you may not be applicable in every single form. You know, I, I constantly talk about things that may be considered taboo in the sense of trauma and addictions. It's not really a popular conversation to talk about, but I do I do it for a reason because I realize that for so many of us, we never knew how to articulate how we really felt other than just saying, I felt overwhelmed or sad or confused, but we never really explained the logic behind it. And I'm hoping that as you're listening to this episode, you'll be able to pinpoint and go, oh, okay, it may not be with trauma per se, but it could be feeling inadequate or insecure from whatever reason. So I'm hoping that as you're able to listen to this, you may be able to pinpoint what exactly pertains to you. Okay. So, you know, my past, you know, on the surface has always been said, oh, you know, you've got a lot of courage, resilience, and power. You were able to overcome so much in your life. And, you know, for those of you guys who don't know me, you know, I, I had a very turbulent, very turbulent childhood, you know, where I experienced emotional, physical, sexual abuse, you know, I, uh, physical abuse at the, the hands of my mother. I had an absentee father in and out of my life. I had, a, I was foster care, you know, I went to a psychiatric hospital. I just, I, you name it. I probably was checking off boxes on the, how not to have a great childhood. I was checking off all those boxes, right? And so on the surface, it seemed like, wow, you know, I was so strong. But in the reality, I was I was very angry and I was very rebellious. And, and it wasn't a big shock about how I didn't really have a very successful, you know, at least in my opinion, professional career because I was having so much anger and so much instability and so much unresolved angst and issues from the past. And how in order to get to the port place that I have, it took a lot of growing up from the point of wounding. You know, I remember when I was in recovery, specifically Sexaholics Anonymous, and I, I learned the concept that you stay stuck, frozen at the part in your life where you experience the most trauma. And I realized for me the most trauma that I experienced was during my teenage years. And that's kind of where I got stuck that those adolescence years emotionally. And I want to read a little section from the book Fathers and Daughters by Dr. William Appleton. He is a psychiatrist. And he, just to give you a little background reference about him, he did a column editor for Cosmopolitan back in the day, way, way back in the day. And he wrote a book describing the three major themes of women's lives and how fathers impact them. But I want to read a section from adolescence that will pertain to you, whether or not you're a girl or a boy, because it's really poignant about this idea of this topic that we're going to be sharing today. And so this is what it says. The adolescent. No one ever entirely grows up. We retain varying amounts of the good and bad of each decade. The wonder and negativism of childhood along with the sensitivity and rebellion of adolescence. All of us have large reserves of the teenager, which on the positive side aids our creativity, philosophical thought, idealism, and concern over the press. And on the negative, detracts from our efforts because of moodiness, impatience, self-centeredness, 
restlessness, discontent, and boredom. But an adult who possesses some childlike and adolescent qualities is very different from one who never has grown up and remains fixated at a previous stage. And moreover, the main adolescent characteristics which harm a woman's or it could be a man's career, are difficulties with authority, the regulation of emotions, too much egocentrism, and conflicts between independence and dependence. And, wow, you know, have you ever read a, a section in a book that just hits you over, like, with a two-by-four Mack truck or whatever? And that was that section, because if I had to be totally honest, the reason why I struggled so much was that idea of authority being understanding of what authority was and the reason why I had struggled with authority was because I never learned to have authority over myself so this is my confession to explain to you that this topic isn't easy you may have to listen to this podcast a few times for for you to kind of get this idea that this is not a one and done thing about this idea of the maturity that comes with courage resilience and power and if you're interested in diving more about that, I mentioned the book Fathers and Daughters by William Appleton. There's also Dan Siegel's Parenting from the Inside Out. It obviously talks about how you can be a good parent for other people, but more or less how to nurture the, your own inner wounded child and how to understand who you are. Because for a lot of us, we were half-baked emotionally in terms of understanding and respecting our own emotional power. I've noticed in my my career of coaching, personal training, self-development, personal development, this this kind of sphere that I've been in for multiple decades now, I can honestly say that. And one thing I've I've realized with a lot of my clients is that somewhere along the line, one or both parents drop the ball in terms of teaching their kids how to manage and control and regulate their own emotions without outside interference. I see one, uh, I always see one of two extremes where one parent was, e- it was either dismissive or neglectful or abusive. And then the other extreme where they were over cuddling, over nurturing, over providing, over simplifying things and not allowing the child to think for themselves. And the result is rebellion each and every single time because a child that turns into adult doesn't really understand how the real world works. So they either fight it out of ignorance or they pray to God they have a savior to rescue them from all the harms of the world. And they, as a result, become underachievers or overachievers one of those those two extremes in order to combat the negative feelings that they feel inside and so I recommend those books by doctors Appleton or Dr. Siegel um, because it's just an excellent excellent sources to understand the psychology behind it and that goes beyond the scope of this podcast episode but I just want to just give that as references but Moreover, I want to talk with you about this idea of growing up and what does that really look like? In my mind, growing up is this idea of having individualism, okay? Meaning understanding and respecting your own personal autonomy, understanding the consequences of your actions or inactions. It's true independence. And I'm going to go back to the book Fathers and Daughters by William Appleton, such a good book. But anyway, this, I want to just read this section for you about independence because it's, it's so poignant about this topic that we're going to have is that, let me read this, the section called Styles of Independence. According to Young, Carl Young, 
individualization is the realization that one is separate and different from others and that one is a whole and indivisible person. Individualization is completed in middle age, middle age meaning like 50s, 60s, but I guess with people's lifespan, it could be 40s through the 60s. Anyway, the process of maturation does not end at 30, meaning that I'm 41 right now as I'm recording this podcast. I've got a whole long way to understand and grow within myself based on context, my context, meaning that where I live, who I, my husband, my family, you know, my environment around me, how I choose to relate to my environment. I'm still going to be maturing, you know, anyway, auto rank the book doesn't explain who he is, but auto rank for those of you who don't know, he was a close colleague of Sigmund Freud, a world-renowned uh, analyst, so psychoanalyst, pardon me. He was an Australian psychoanalyst, colleague of Freud. Anyway, Otto Rank believed that men and women go through three stages in the process of individualization. And the first, the individual wills for herself or himself that which their parents or in society have decided for him or her and their ideal is to be like others. Rank Consider the average person to be fixed at the stage. And the second, there is conflict with the community whose standards she or he cannot accept, but she or he remains unable to construct his or her principles. The final stage reveals a truly autonomous individual with creative use of his or her powers and ideas. And they are not driven by Freudian instincts or prohibitions, but is responsible, conscious, ethical, and creative. For a lot of us, like, that's like, huh? Like, what am I talking about? Look, let me just kind of summarize. The first stage of our lives, we're seeking the approval of mommy and daddy in culture. So that's why we read stuff on major news networks and we form the idea. We think we're creating ideas, but we're forming ideas, basically summarizing what other people say that we like, that appeal to our interests. And then there's a second stage where we rebel and we want to seek our own, that angst period where we're trying to break apart because we see inconsistencies We can't, and we can't reconcile it. So we just are in defiance. And the last part where we understand and accept that the world is incomplete conflicted and confused, but we are able to navigate it easily and simply. And that's kind of what my work is as a life coach for entrepreneurs is helping you understand and navigate the world for how it is, not how you would like it to be or what society says or how you were raised by your parents. An amazing attitude dies in a lot about understanding how society's impact did your mindset and how you were able to regulate your feelings and emotions. Okay. So in the time that we have left together, I want to share with you those three points of courage, resilience, and power. And I want to explain what it is and what it isn't. Because for a lot of us, we have, I'm not going to go through the dictionary about what technically courage and resilience and power is. You can look at that up on your own on Merriam-Webster or, or wherever. This conversation that we're having is coming from the point of regulating and understanding your emotions. Now, as you're listening, please feel free to hit the pause button real quick so you can grab a pen and paper and jot down anything that I say that kind of jumps out at you because I really don't want you just to listen and nod your head and go, wow, that's great information and go back and just walk the dog or like water your lawn or whatever. I want you to actually apply and think about your life. Think about in relation with your employees or with your client or with your kids or with your biological relatives. 
I didn't say mother or father. If you're listening to this podcast, I'm assuming that you're over 18. They're no longer your parents. They're your biological relatives. They, their responsibility of trying to nurture and caretake for you, unless they're providing for you financially, is over. You are an autonomous adult choosing how you can be able to relate with yourself and others around the world. And that includes the people that brought you up in your childhood of origin. But now you are autonomous. So what we're going to do right now is we're going to dissect those three things, courage, resilience, and power. And I want you to kind of translate that into what that looks like in a problem area of your life. Okay. So the first thing is courage. And a lot of us, when we think about courage, we think about just doing the hard things, right? And that's not really what courage is. Courage is the ability to assess whether or not your actions or in actions will lead to a net gain or a net loss in your life. And let me tell you what that looks like. Because for a lot of us, we just think that we need to puff up our chest and we need to storm through even if we feel afraid or anxious. And that's not what it is because sometimes courage looks like, doesn't look like what it may appear on the surface. For example, I was thinking about one particular client and she had a male relative who was her son okay and because that that relationship has ended however he's 26 she's in her 50s and he felt extremely guilted well actually seduced by guilt by her male relative okay to continue to provide financially he was in between jobs. He had a history of not paying his bills on time and just wanted to be bailed out by his parents, meaning his 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 biological mo- mother. Okay, and I was telling my particular client with that she can continue to bail him out, but that's actually teaching him that he's no longer able to enjoy the consequences of his action, meaning poor money management or the ability to rely on his own abilities to find other third-party resources and just be dependent on relatives rather than himself and his own ability. And by continuing to support him in his failures, no one's being helped. And she, she, my client was feeling very upset about it because she was afraid that he would feel bad. He wouldn't spend time with her, yada, yada, yada. But she had the courage to understand that actually continuing to enable her son financially, or rather her, her, her relative, <laughs> biological son, male relative, was actually hurting everybody. So she made the decision to say, you know what, I, I'm, thanks for letting me know. I'm sorry this is happening. Would you like to talk about what you can do on your end to find the resources? Because I don't feel good about that. Okay, that's what courage is. Courage is looking above and beyond how you're initially feeling and are weighing the pros and cons. And for a lot of us, we just think that we need a white knuckle. White knuckle is an expression from 12-step recovery groups where we more or less force through the things that make us feel uncomfortable or we try to uh, ignore and repress our feelings. And I'm not trying to ignore or repress our feelings at all. If we're feeling sad or we're feeling uncomfortable, we're feeling any type of discontentment, we need to understand and unpack and understand what that really is, what that really looks like instead of running away. I've met so many people who've chosen to run away instead of dealing with their issues and surprise, surprise, 
their issues are still chasing along with them. It's kind of a U-Haul in the back of their truck, just chase, just tagging them along with them. And that's just not loving life. So courage is being able to understand how your behavior, how your actions can either result in a net gain or a net loss in your life. Okay. Now, the second thing that I want to talk with you about is this idea of resilience. And for a lot of us, we think about this resilience idea of imagine you've got a, a rubber a band and you keep stretching and you're stretching and you're stretching it. And then it kind of just refer, ref, kind of goes back to the same shape. But that's not how our psyches work. When we push and pull through constant instabilities with our careers or our romantic lives or our family lives, we think we're being stretched, but if we don't have the proper tools or the context, that's why amazing attitude is so essential for some of you guys. We don't have those resources to help put things into proper perspective and how to work through it in an emotionally mature way. It almost is going, thinking back that rubber band analogy, you're pulling, pulling, and what happens is it either loses its tautness it becomes lax and slack it doesn't go back to its original shape or it breaks meaning that go to snaps and becomes irritable you snap and become irritable or you become reclusive you isolate and so for a lot of us when we think about resilience we'd say okay well we can we have enough power to weather the storm and i think about this one book on literally called onward by Elena Aguila, and it was, it's a coaching book designed for teachers, professional teachers, but this whole concept can apply to anyone that we push and we push and we push and we stretch and we stretch and we stretch. And then we wonder why we experience burnout and we wonder why we don't feel any zest or any livelihood because we have been pulled and pushed and prodded into areas that we neither knew how to navigate, nor lack the tools and support along the way. So when I want to think about resilience, I want to think about it from this area of, are you knowing what's enough for you versus are you actually running and hiding out because you don't have the tools nor the support? And for so many of us, we feel a sense of fear of admitting that Geez, I don't know anything. Geez, I need to ask someone for help. Geez, I I do really I can't do this. I'm not Superman or Superwoman. I I need to take a break. What what if people think badly of me? I can't admit that that I can't show that I can't do this. Therefore, I'm going to power through, and I've powered through before. Here's a fun, weird, funny thing about it is that everybody knew that you were at your breaking point. Everybody knew that they were that you were stressed. But for the people who have been so accustomed to using and abusing you, they didn't care. They just wanted what they wanted immediately because they only thought of their own short-term gratification needs. So what I want you to do is I want you to think about yourself and your life and what you want to accomplish and say, you know what, well, I may be able to push through and get stuff done. Is it really helping me? Is it really helping me? Am I doing it because it's going to help me grow or am I doing it because out of fears of rejection or my desire of perfection or the way I was raised was that in order for me to feel satisfied about anything, it means I had to work myself to the bone, to the point I was suffering. Was I ne- to the point where I was neglecting my health, neglecting spending time with those I love because I had to keep achieving, keep uh, checking off the boxes on the scorecard of achievement, whatever that looks like for you. I really want you to ask yourself, have you really been allowing yourself to understand those limitations and based on those limitations what 
can you do doesn't mean not necessarily you stop what you're doing, but doesn't mean that you put on limitations. You, For example, for me, I've made a decision in my own professional life that, you know, six o'clock, the whistle blows for me. You know, I, I know I have some clients who would like to see me in the evening, but you know what? The best and brightest version of Denise does not happen at seven, eight o'clock at night. It just doesn't happen. And so resilience for me is understanding where my maximum power lays emotionally, physically, physically, right? And not trying to push through those barriers. That's what resilience really is, respecting your limits, but always trying to challenge yourself in a way that helps you and everyone around you grow. And lastly, I want to talk with you about this idea of power. And, you know, confession, you know, when I was a a child, you know, my family members used to uh, tease me and call me Miss D. And I hated it. I hated being called Miss D. And the reason why was because they thought of me as bossy and opinionated and a know-it-all. And even if I didn't think I knew it all, I was going to pretend I knew it all so that I couldn't feel any feelings of inferiority or not feeling anything but awesomeness because I hated feeling that feeling criticism at all. And that was because of my inability to regulate my emotions. So it was better to criticize and condemn rather than to look inward. But I digress. That's a whole, that's a whole another longer subject. But this idea of power is this idea of power within your ability to know what's enough, what's necessary, and what's needed. Sometimes power is keeping your darn mouth shut. You know, I I think about one particular client that I've worked with over the years, and I was telling her that this this relationship she had with another person was extremely problematic. And I remember she was almost pleading the case to me about why this person was needed and necessary and how she created a dynamic. And she was the one who's going to save the relationship. And I said, wow, you're really giving a lot of power away. And she looked at me dumbfounded, like, what do you mean I'm giving a lot of my power away? Well, basically, you're trying to salvage something that has consistently shown you over the years has been not only damaging, right? And caustic to other people, but caustic to yourself, meaning that you're feeling more drained, more exhausted, and you're constantly having to watch and worry over your words and your actions in order to salvage a relationship that ultimately may not benefit you. And I said that sentence, and she wanted to try to defend her, uh, that the defend this other person to me. And I said, you know what, we're done. We're, we're done talking about this. I'm not in the business myself of mothering clients. So I just want to let you know that when I say mothering, I'm not in the business of trying to convince, manipulate, probe, prod, nag people into believing what I believe. I basically reflect back what you tell me and you come to your own decisions. And I remember with this particular client, I reflected back what she told me. And I said, this is what it appears to me. It appears that this person's manipulative and it's taking advantage of you and it's not helping you or your business. And it's time to let this person go from your team. And it took a year. Oh gosh, it took years. And then she fought. It was unfortunate that this particular uh, person that was interacting with my client did something that's so obscene and so absurd that it finally took my client to say, you know what, dang, Denise, you were right this entire time. And it's not about being right, right? It's about this idea of, okay, you need to come to your own decision about what's necessary and what's needed. And that's what real power is. It's the ability to assess 
what's working and what's not working and to quickly end it quickly end the drama for a lot of us we have a hard time cutting the cord we have a hard time opening our mouth and some of us we have a hard time closing our mouths sometimes we are in a situation where you may want to assert your opinion you may want to brag or whatever and you need to let people be autonomous adults and enjoy the consequences of their action or inaction so if you see that something's blowing up in your home life for example if you're seeing your kid is acting all sorts of crazy with you and you want to yell back at him and he he just wants to yell back at you that's not helping the situation maybe you need to close your mouth and do some actions that let him know that you're the adult in the in the household Okay, I remember thinking about one particular client where the kid was, uh, it was a teenage kid, literally a kid, uh, in conflict with my client's mother, and the kid was being rebellious, and I said, you know what, the way you're handling the screaming and yelling back at your kid is not working, what we need to do is implement some consequences based on his enjoyment of yelling and criticizing you and acting disrespectful in your household, and so we talked about some solutions about how to do that, and it took a while, took a couple months, and then the, literally the kid came quietly up to the mom and said, you know what, mom, I see what you've been doing. I know that she stopped yelling at me, and I really don't like the way things have been shifting, and I just want to know what we can do to work things out. It took a lot of maturity on the kid's part, but it also took a lot of maturity on my client, the mother's part, too, to understand, okay, the way we're not we're doing things in the past ain't working. Let's think about how we can do things differently now. So this is what I'm talking about. For a lot of us, we surrender our our power over to others. And we just think of ourselves as hapless victims of the situation, but it's anything but. We have the total power and control to change how people interact with us. Now, I'm not saying manipulate them via threats or seducing them with guilt, right, or shaming, but just Taking responsibility for yourself and your mental well-being can automatically shift the dynamic between how you are reacting versus how you're choosing to act going forward. Okay, so let's kind of recap everything that we talked about, because I know I just banged out a lot of information. The first and most important thing is that in order for us to live happy and fulfilled lives, we need to be able to be individualistic, meaning that we are completely separate from other people, what society says, but we understand and can be able to regulate our emotions. And one of the the emotions that is so powerful is this idea of fear. Fear causes us to either hide or to rebel. And I share with you my past about rebellion and how I was unable to regulate my emotions. And I recommended the books Fathers and Daughters by David Appleton, as well as Dan Siegel's Parenting from the Inside Out. Wonderful uh, researchers, powerful uh, doctors, practitioners, and mental health and well-being. And anyway, we talked about this idea of courage, resilience, and power, and this idea that on the surface, it seems as if barking and yelling or hiding is, it feels great, right, to do that, but it's not going to help us. And so for all, all these themes, courage, resilience, power, is assessing where we are emotionally, assessing our situation, and thinking about the pros and cons about our actions or inactions, and not owning other people's junk and taking it as our own. So I'm hoping that as you're listening, maybe you need to be evaluating the way you're interacting with your kids or with your colleagues or your coworkers or clients or whoever and saying, 
geez, have I been giving out too much of my power and trying to have them somehow seek my own inner internal validation of myself by over-pleasing, over-accommodating? Or maybe I need to pull back and just let things fall as, are they, as they should. Let the chips fall as they should, you know. For a lot of us, we just feel as if we have to run, 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 or hide, 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 hide. And there's something in between, and I want you to understand that sweet spot, okay? Well, thank you so much for listening. As I said, Amazing Attitude goes into far much detail about regulating and understanding your emotions. So check that out. That's something that interests you. Please be sure to share this podcast with someone else if you enjoyed it. And also make sure that you write a review wherever you're listening. Also connect with me via info.denisegeely.com slash connect so you can be able to reach me. And if you're interested in learning about your life script and how your parents impacted you, I am going to leave a link for you to be able to take that quiz so you can understand how your life has impacted your decisions today. And lastly, I just wanted to say that you are on your way. Don't stop. Listen and apply what I'm saying so that you can live happier and be more focused and have intentionality and not just go for the motions. Well, as always, I enjoy talking with you. Take care and be awesome.